Hi FM 101.9 megahertz of life. Galit Cohen is this month's Mensch Thought Leader. Galit has been a guest on my show previously talking about the incredible organization which she founded, Ripple for Change, that works to strengthen rural and semi-urban communities in South Africa with a focus on Eastern Cape Province. Jody Ramsey from Mench will join us to say hi and introduce Galit. Jody, hi and welcome. Hi, Sharice. Hi, Galit. Um, so wonderful to be here again. We've been working with Galit, or Mench has been working with Galit since for the last two, two and a half years. And she is a wonderful, wonderful person and doing wonderful work in the Eastern Cape in all areas. So I'm just so happy to have her on your show today. And I guess she's got a lot, a lot to, to share with us. So Galeta, I'll let you take the rein. Thank you. Galeta, you Thank have written you. a, <laughs> you've written a column for a mensch on the shocking rate of suicide in the Eastern Cape, specifically in the rural area. Do you want to paint us a picture? Yeah, so, you know, the men- mental health is always put at the bottom of the list, of the priority list, um, and we need to actually start putting it high up there. You know, in we are, um, South Africa is a nation of young people. Most of the population is between 15 to 35, for pe- um, 15 to 34 years old. And according to UNICEF, 65% of young South Africans have reported some form of mental health issues, which is it's unbelievable percentage. It is so high. And a quarter of young South African experience depression and anxiety. They, they, as we know, only the minority commit suicide, but so many people suffer. And according to World Health Organization, teen suicide will become the fourth leading cause of death in um in adolescence, which again we cannot overlook this anymore. That's why I'm saying we need to prioritize mental health. And where I work in the rural areas, you see the depression, you see the anxiety, and in in within two months in one village, one village, I'm not even talking in community and most of you know what a village is. It's a small area. In one village we have suicide of young people. This is really at the top of our priority list. And on top of that, we need to look at another thing. Uh, you know, I have a friend who is now 26, but when she was 17 years old, she was suicidal. And she was hospitalized here in one of the mental institutes um, called St. Mark's. And she was put in a support group with uh, adults, with people her parents' age. And how can a 17-year-old relate to a, a support group with this age group? They need a support group with their age group. So they will be able to relate. And we need to look at this and create a parallel system, a service of mental health, uh, parallel to mental, to, for youth and for adults. Um, the, the, the young people have, don't even have the full brain development yet. You know, the frontal cortex is still being developed. So you, you still don't have, um, rationing, um, and consequences fully. 
and uh, they have different social pressures, different social challenges. Um, they have different hormones, rages. We cannot look at them the same way we look at adult, adults. So we need to create the same counseling parallel to adults and young people, same um, psychologist parallel. We need to do support groups. We need to do everything needs to be young, young adults, young people, adolescents, and adults, we cannot put them at the same the same place, the same groups. So this is what we're looking at. And now together, so there are a few projects that we're looking at. One of them we are actually applying today <laughs> to the lottery, to NLC, together with a counseling hub from Cape Town, also a manch member. And uh, and we're looking into supporting schools, 65 schools from uh, rural areas and townships in the Eastern Cape, educating the teachers, grade 9 and 10 learners, and the learner support agents in each school, and to give them two workshops. One is introduction to mental health, which means uh, it, it, it teaches uh, the people about signs, symptoms, and routine behaviors that can become triggers to uh, to poor mental health. And we have also Emotion Aid, which is going to be the second workshop we'll offer, and that gives five tools to um, to support to to deal with stress and anxiety. It these are tools that um, the young people and the and the teachers can can do at the time that it happens. Uh, because stress and anxiety sits in the body and when you when you support the body when when it when you feel the stress it can you can feel the relief quite immediately so um we are looking into teaching all 20,000 people in mental health and um and hoping that those people will become also um change agents in the community in the rural communities and townships um, mental health is highly stigmatized. If we will have people who will be able to explain about it, identify signs and symptoms, be able to refer to the right places, we might be able to help quite a few people. I mean, Galit, you talk about five suicides in two months in one village. That is absolutely staggering. But it's also an indication of where we're at. I mean, can you tell me about that village and to what extent the mental health is secondary to the kind of physical and emotional and economic conditions that South Africans are growing up in? Absolutely. It's um, a lot of the time it relates to um, the lack of hope that the young people have in the rural areas. Uh, they don't see um, any possibilities for their future and that leads to to depression um and um and obviously with mental health a lot of the time come um substance abuse so we will have alcohol use we have will have drug use um and they all come hand hand in hand and and again if we if you treat the the root cause which is the poor mental health then you can solve other issues if you if you work with the young people on that level, on a deeper level, the decision-making is going to be better, sound, healthier. Um, so it's it, the mental health is the root cause. And there's so much 
so many small things happening. Um, you know, you know, the houses in the rural areas and the townships are very small. So people are living together, bathing together. Like, you know, it's, it's quite a, it's, it's, it's a very difficult setup. Um, so one of the girls, um, came to me one day and she said that, um, her uncle wants to watch her bathe every time and he just sits there and watches her. Um, and she doesn't have the tools to deal with this. She was, she's a young girl. Uh, she doesn't have the tools. Uh, so to be able to help with, um, with the tools, with the identification of the signs and symptoms, you can actually make a difference. Absolutely. Salit, you work in very rural areas. Are conditions worse or better for South Africans in rural areas compared to black inner city, Joburg? It's an interesting question because the smiles are bigger. Um, so it's it's interesting. The the rural areas are incredible places to live, to, to work. Um, I love working there. I love the people. They are they mobilize the community like no other, really. Um and um um people prioritize differently. You know, it's not uh they yeah, the 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 priorities are different. There is there is money in the rural areas, by the way, if people don't think there there is money. There is money, people prioritize differently. Um so um but you can see I, I can I can see that people are not hungry. I mean, they, they don't live lavish life. Um, they will live like until like maybe the last few days will be very difficult in the month. Um, but, um, the people in the rural areas can stretch, um, money like I don't know how, you know, to try to teach budgeting in the rural areas. It's ridiculous because they know how to budget better than I do. Um, so, so it's, it's an interesting place to work. You talk about the stigma of mental health. Um, yet when faced with, as in your case, five suicides, does that challenge, does it make it more challenging to work or are people more open to understanding things around mental health? People are not yet open to talk about it, but honestly, um people even in the urban areas um are not open to talk about it uh i have a lot of friends who are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and i know it uh, but they will not be open about it it is still highly stigmatized issue and and i think that when we look at at the numbers that i mentioned in the beginning if we're looking at the future where we're going to be and the and the and the burden of diseases that say that it's going to be the one of the the three leading uh, burden of diseases in the world mental health and depression um, we need to open up we need to talk about it and um honestly for me um it was, uh, it was, I, I have a, I adopted a son, um, and, um, and he suffered last year from PTSD from his, from his past. And that was my first introduction to mental health <clears throat> among young people. He opened my eyes to, to the challenges. And then 
everything it was like it was like a dam <laughs> ever since i i see mental health issues and and the challenges people are dealing with um on a daily basis really and kind of i know that you did everything you could for your son in terms of getting him help and you had the access to resources to help him um is that the th- would that be on offer to the average south african No and you know when it happened to me I was lost I was lost but as you said like I have I have the resources I I have the people I have the network to ask for help um and that's and that's 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 how I got the help for my son um but what is what about that woman who told me she took off her son off the rope he tried to hang himself and she came home and she saw him and she took him off the rope what does she do where does she go she doesn't know she doesn't know about masitete that offer free counseling she doesn't know about the counseling hub that offer counseling online counseling they don't know about the suicide helpline that is free they don't know any of these any anything they just don't know and if we are able to give this information and to explain what is what are the signs and symptoms it's going to help just even by equipping that mother or any mother who deals with a child who suffers and they just don't know what happens because they don't have, don't have the information so in so, a way i mean what you're doing the workshops you're providing is the first but probably the most important step It's just that raising awareness, just raising awareness and allowing people to talk about it and showing people that there is help available, that you, you're making that change. Yes. Yeah. And also, you know, we are, we are dealing with the schools because this is where the masses are, the masses of the young people. So we, we're trying to reach big numbers. Okay. Well, I always enjoy talking to you. I um, am in awe, quite frankly, of the work that you and Ripples for Change have done in the Eastern Cape. I know that you've already had a huge impact in that area and amongst the people that you work. Uh, I wish that everything you did could be replicated throughout the country and perhaps through the Mensch Network. It will be able to do so. So just to say thank you so much for coming and also to thank you, Jodi, for um, the introduction once again. Thanks, Sharice. Thanks, Galit. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. That was Galit Cohen, who is the founder and director of the organization Ripples for Change.